Will this weekend be the closing act for the 2022 Diamond Dogs? Or can Mississippi State extend its season into one more week or at least one more day? Let's talk about it here in the Doghouse on the Believe Network. This is your host, David Murray, and you're back in the Doghouse, and Mississippi State is back on duty noble field and still in trouble. All right, there's only one thing that matters this weekend, and that's winning your way into Hoover. Can Mississippi State do it? Yes. Do they control their own fate? No. Well, I take that back. In a sense, you do, because, say, Mississippi State sweeps number one ranked Tennessee. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Win those three games, and you control your own fate. You're in the SEC tournament, barring some really strange developments elsewhere. In fact, if you do that, I don't think anybody cares if you do make the conference tournament. It's just a fitting way to end what has been a truly frustrating season. Maybe t- a little sweetness at the end, but even then it would be kind of bitter because if you can pull that off, you think, why didn't you do it the rest of the season? Okay, enough on that. What will it take for Mississippi State to make it to the SEC tournament? As you know by now, certainly if you listen to our Monday podcast, the Bulldogs are number 13 in the SEC standings, and that's 13 straight up, no tiebreak involved. They're only ahead of number 14, Missouri, who, by the way, would have a tiebreak on state if the Tigers are able to catch up this weekend, and his state would technically finish number 14 in the conference. They did it in 2015, and it hurt back then. It would hurt even more this year in so many ways coming off a national championship season, but that's the situation they put themselves in by just not getting it done often enough this season. What will it take? All right, let's start at the tail end first. State has to win one more game than Missouri to stay out of last place. That means Missouri is confined to 13th or 14th either way and misses the SEC tournament. That leaves the possibility of State sneaking into the 12th spot. How can they do that? Two ways. First is win two more games than what Kentucky wins this weekend. Kentucky's 10 and 17. State is 9 and 18. If State ties Kentucky, it doesn't matter. The Wildcats would have a tie break either by their series victory over Tennessee and say State wins twice this week and defeats Tennessee. The next tie break right now would be Texas A&M, who holds their own tiebreak for first place in the SEC West and second overall with Arkansas. Uh, the Wildcats beat the Aggies once, and uh, you know very well what happened in College Station to the Bulldogs last weekend. Now, that could be thrown out of whack if A&M loses the off enough, Arkansas is able to take care of their own business and sneak ahead, then Arkansas becomes the tiebreaker, and State would have the edge on Kentucky as long as they can catch up with them. State was able to beat Arkansas once. Kentucky lost all three games to them. That, in fact, may be the best possible scenario at this point. And uh, you know what that would also require. It would require us Bulldog fans uh, holding our nose, holding a lot of other body parts, I'm afraid, too. And I'm not going to say exactly cheering for or pulling for, but at least very quietly hoping that not that Ole Miss wins, but that Texas A&M loses. Okay, I know there are quite a few of you Bulldog fans out there who under no conceivable circumstances could ever want Ole Miss to win at anything. I understand it. I don't agree with it in this case. 
but I understand it. The reason I don't agree is I can look a little bigger picture and say, if it helps Mississippi State somehow sneak into the conference tournament, then, again, not cheering, but I will be content to see some final scores from Oxford in favor of the home team and A&M losing. That's about as delicately as I can put it right now. But then it won't matter if State doesn't catch up with Kentucky. See what I mean? So there's all those mixed emotions and a whole lot of scoreboard watching going on. So that's one way State can get to the conference tournament, by tying Kentucky and Arkansas finishing second overall. Unless, of course, tying Kentucky means State loses twice Tennessee, then all is moot and Kentucky has the tiebreak again. Which gets back to the point, State has to win twice more than Kentucky, which means State's got to win at least twice this weekend. Huh, rather obvious there. The same holds for Alabama. Now, this one's a little more complicated, but because Alabama was a, had a game canceled with Auburn, and we explained this on Monday morning, that it, uh, in the SEC standings, it's not going to count as anything, not a half loss, half win. What matters is that Alabama will have one less loss. So if State and Alabama end up with the same number of wins, even though Mississippi State has the head-to-head win over the Crimson Tide, Alabama, by virtue of having one less loss, would end up with the better winning percentage, or should I say non-losing percentage. Do, do the math yourselves. The fact that that game was banged gives Alabama an edge. And no, uh, games will not be made up this weekend. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way as well. If anything, any series is not completed by Saturday, it's over. There will be no games played on Sunday. I suppose a game can drag into Sunday, but you can't start a game on Sunday. So even if it was determined a division champion, Tennessee has already won the conference championship. So then you have teams now fighting for the either the West Division or one of those other top four seeds and thus a opening round bye at Hoover. There will be no games played on Sunday. So that won't be a factor at Startville, it looks like, just to be hot and clear every day, but just something to keep an eye on if you care about the other wild races out there that weather can always play a factor on the last weekend. But State has to win twice more than Alabama wins because for all intents and purposes, Alabama has the same record as Kentucky and State can't win the head-to-head tiebreak because Alabama, again, will have one less loss. Have I clarified that or have I muddled the picture more? Here it is, boiled down most simply. Again, State has to win two more times than either Alabama or Kentucky and Missouri lose at least once. Got that? Repeat it a couple of times and keep it in mind as we start tonight at 6 o'clock. So what are State's chances against Tennessee? All right, stop it with the cynical laughter out there. Yes, it's been a frustrating season. Yes, we're all aggravated, and no more so than the Bulldogs and their coaching staff are, but we as fans and media just sit there and go, how did this go so badly? Do we really want this to continue into another week? Well, yeah. I've said before, The SEC tournament doesn't mean what it used to, and since the only way State could even conceivably make the NCAA tournament is to win at Hoover, 
They don't have the pitching to do that. They can't play six straight days like that marvelous 2012 run w- was pulled off. That ain't going to happen this year. I'm sorry I, if that makes me sound like an unbeliever. Well, count me in that number because I just don't see the horsepower to do it. I think the only chance is just to get there, maybe be able to win a game. And by the way, if State does get in as the number 12 seed, they will play the last game next Tuesday night. Oh, joy, another late evening at Hoover. But I wouldn't complain a bit because it's better to be playing there than not playing at all. Never mind that we know the SEC tournament doesn't matter like it used to. You don't want to miss it because you didn't win enough games this year. And yet that's the situation the Bulldogs have put themselves in by their own deeds this season or lack of production, whether it's the pitching. Yeah, mostly the pitching and uh, the offense. Contact hitting, clutch hitting, RBI opportunities missed. Still, State has scored enough runs in the second half of SEC season to win a whole lot more games than they have. And starting pitching has been adequate. Defense has been very good, at least the balls they can get to. I'm not going to say this is a great defense. As you baseball people out there well know, sometimes the best defenses end up making more errors because great defenders get to more balls than average defenders do, and the fielding percentage doesn't look as good. That makes sense? Well, again, to baseball people it does. Just trust me, this is a good enough defense to be an SEC mid-pack team. Uh, offense has certainly been there the second half of SEC season, and the starting pitching's been okay in the bullpen. Do we really need to go into that? No, we'll just let that stand on its own. But Tennessee, all right, here's, let me give the best comparison I can. The starting rotation that State's going to put out there, and it's going to be the same rotation. I know some fans have suggested, hey, can you take Cade Smith, who's been State's best starter, certainly in first innings, and boy, at first innings meant a sore point, as we pointed out in a story over the weekend. But no, you can't bring Cade Smith back after pitching last Sunday and try to move him up to Thursday. Maybe Friday, but they're not going to do it. They're going to stick with the same rotation and try to keep them on close to the regular schedules they can because, you know, they're all being shorted a day. So it'll be Brandon Smith, three and four, going on uh, Thursday evening tonight. Preston Johnson, game two as usual, three and three on the season. And Cade Smith on Saturday, four and three in the season. So let's see, that's uh, three, six, ten wins and uh, ten losses. Yeah, that evens out. I'm going to give a very depressing statistic. The rotation that Tennessee is going to put on the mound, uh, which, by the way, is right, right, and right themselves. Nothing but right-handers starting this weekend, it looks like. Their combined record so far, 22-2. and two. And we will not get into ERA. Yeah, we will. Uh, all of them have a ERA of under 2.6. <sighs> Wouldn't you love to have a pitching staff like that? Well, part of it, yes, they're good pitchers. Don't get me wrong. They're very good pitchers. But when you have an offense like that, it sure makes pitching the ball a lot easier. And this is the offense that is setting the standard in the conference again this year. They're ranked number one in the nation for good reason. They haven't played great down the stretch, but uh, they've certainly been really, really good. And they're going to deserve their number one 
ranking, their number one seeding when all the SEC the NCAA tournament sites are handed out. And they're leading the nation in home runs with 126. My gosh, 126 home runs in this era? Somebody check those bats. Slugging at almost 61%. And their pitching staff as a whole has an ERA of 2.32. Well, that means the relief staff is even better than the starters. No surprises there. No, State's not going to shake up the rotation. You have to go with the same bunch of guys. So, and... They've been good enough except for first innings in cases. Uh, we talked Monday. I'm not the first person to come up with it, but uh, somebody's very clever and at the same time quite wise when they said if you can get rid of first innings and in most cases eighth and ninth innings, this Bulldog team would probably have a darn good record. They got shaky starts, then they settle in and give you the innings and hand it over to a bullpen that just has not been able to get the job done. Uh, Chris Lamonis talked at length about that on his radio show Monday night. Uh, we'll be speaking, obviously, with him after games this weekend as well. And in the postmortem next week sometime, we'll be going over some of the problems with the pitching and what the potential cures in next season's team are. But again, this has just been such an utterly frustrating season that there's some thought out there, do you really want this team to win its way to Hoover when it will be a quick exit? Oh, and another thing, too. If State wins two this weekend, takes the series, again, great. It's what you want to do. They would go to Hoover 28-28. and 28. Now you see the problem. Lose the first day, and you have a losing record. Win the first day, and you're up one game, but you're in the double elimination round where you're lack, going to lose two games at some point. It's, it is, just to be blunt about it, the chances of Mississippi State finishing with a winning record now are just about slim to none, and you know the saying about what slim is done. So, yeah, I still want them to go to Hoover. I really do. A, because I haven't been there in a while myself. Uh, we haven't been since the 2019 season uh, when Jake Mangum was playing. Didn't make it last year, and uh, turned out didn't matter because State was – run ruled in both games, had no impact at all on their national championship run other than the fact that uh, it allowed them extra rest because two short games, inning-wise anyway, and a quick turnaround, go home, let them relax, got them ready to host a home regional and a super regional, and there is no telling. I'm serious about this. There is no telling what not playing two or three more games in Hoover meant for the pitching staff come that last three games in Omaha. Think about that. When we consider what is the SEC tournament actually worth, that's something always to consider. But I still want the Bulldogs to make the event. Hey, somebody's got to go over there and drink all that Dr. Pepper in the press box. Well, maybe they make it, maybe they don't. I've got my press credential secured, as uh, I've already said. I don't know if that was the kiss of death or not. I really don't think it matters. I, I think this 2022 team is beyond jinxes. There's nothing I could do that would be bad luck enough to make to really compare to what they've done to themselves. But it's not been from lack of effort. Now, Lamonis has talked repeatedly that the team keeps giving effort. They show up every day and they play. And he admits, yes, at some point the losing starts getting to you mentally but he's never seen it in how they come prepare for a game, how they even come to practices. So 
kudos to the Bulldogs for keeping in the contest, even when everything is going wrong. And frankly, everyone is pointing fingers going, this is the problem. This is the problem. That's the problem. Well, the problem is simply that the team just didn't play well enough. Marvelous baseball insight, isn't it? But that's really the only way to sum it up, and Lamonis has done so himself. As he said, with the rare exception of one stretch, the Auburn and Ole Miss series, back-to-back, when State won those two series, he said that's the one time this season he thought the team was really starting to play an extended stretch of good baseball. Good enough offense, good enough pitching, good defense. And at that point, didn't we all, when the Bulldogs came out of Oxford, expect them to start going on, if not a run, at least go through the schedule there with Missouri, Florida, Texas A&M, and have a chance to win enough games to be in contention at least for an NCAA bid? Well, that went south pretty quick by losing the series in Missouri. And since then, it's just been a downhill slide all the way. Still some bright points, of course, and... They have 91 home runs. They only need six more shots to tie the season record. Now think about that. Do you want a team that is not going to make it to postseason, or if they do have a quick postseason trip, to be the home run record-setting squad? Yeah, in kind of a way I do, because it points out the complete frustrations of this season in that you're poking the ball out of the yard, And that normally means your team is really good offensively. Well, no, when that's all this team can do offensively. In retrospect, you'll say, oh, that was the letdown there. You're not getting that double with a man on first base. You're not getting that single with runners on second and third base. Clutch hitting, uh, timely hitting, however you want to call it. It just hasn't been there. And yet every one of these guys has shown they can swing the bat, particularly R.J. Yeager at the top of the order, who, by the way, is a finalist for the Ferris Trophy, as expected. Uh, Will he win it next Monday? Well, it's going to be close. And quite frankly, the history of the Ferris Trophy tends to lean towards the best player on the best team. Uh, Up until a couple weeks ago, you would have said it was probably a pitcher from Southern Miss. And now with Ole Miss making its late run here, maybe Tim Elko, who despite the fact that he wears the wrong uniform, you have to respect what the guy's done. But statistically, R.J. Yeager, I mean, read our piece on him on Gene's page today about his statistics, where he stands, what he's done, and how he's even surprised Chris Lamonis. He said he thought he's getting a good player. He didn't know he'd be getting such a front-line type player in the SEC, not because he doubts the Southern Conference. Remember, Coach Lamonis played and coached in the Southern Conference, so he is not downing that league at all. He's just saying that uh, hitting home runs at Mercer and making plays at shortstop in the Southern Conference is not nearly the same thing as hitting home runs and playing middle infield in the SEC. Well, Yeager has made the move to second base. Uh, Could he play short? Probably. But second is his much more natural position. He's only weighed one error all season. Yes, that error hurt because, as you will recall, it was the Thursday night game in Oxford, and that One error in the first inning extended the inning and allowed the two-run homer to be hit. That uh, really set the tone for the game. But that's your only fielding mistake all season. Something like a 99.4 fielding percentage average. You can't complain about that. 17 home runs going into this weekend. That's the most since Brent Rooker in 2017 when he was the SEC Triple Crown winner. 
you just got to give the guy a tip of the cap and thank him for coming. And, of course, he was a Portal product. And we'll be talking about the Portal in coming days. We've got some quotes from Coach Lamonis about recruiting, uh, how you can recruit the Portal, how you cannot live out of the Portal. You still must build your team around high school and junior college players as well. But the Portal is certainly a useful source of getting instant help for a short term. Uh, we'll, again, we have those comments. We'll form them into a story sometime next week. Uh, we also have some comments about uh, how the season has gone in general. We'll be getting more from him as this weekend develops. And certainly if the schedule runs out this weekend and there's going to be no Hoover games, uh, Mike Nemeth will have a what's in the future type story coming out next week as well. But let's hope the future includes a game in Hoover. Like I said, I want to go. It's it's a great event. It doesn't mean what it used to in any stretch. And we've considered at times maybe replacing it with an 11th SEC series. But big picture, no, the SEC tournament is a great event even when you're not there. But it's a whole lot greater when your own team is there. And let's hope Mississippi State fans get the excuse to go see at least one more game by this team over in Hoover. And, of course, you know, they have the senior day this weekend, and a lot of these guys who are not seniors, it will be their last home game here because we've discussed the draft uh, this week on Gene's page as well. Uh, I've listed the ages of all the draft-eligible dogs in there. The draft, of course, is July 17th this year, and uh, Coach Lamonis has some strong thoughts on that and how the fact, by the way, the portal closes on July 1 for players who are going to play in 2023, and the draft is July 17th. You see the kind of buying that leaves you in. As Remember the case of Houston Harding last year who decided to, after State got back from Omaha, he decided he would use the portal and leave. State was unable to replace him on the roster because, again, rosters are sealed. After that, you can't pick up a portal product. Now you can sign high school kids. A lot more recruiting talk next week, a lot more postmortems on the season next week. For right now, let's just show up at the ballpark. Going to be hot, going to be clear. It's going to be baseball weather. Come watch the Diamond Dogs. Come celebrate what Mississippi State baseball is. Maybe not what it is this year, but what it is permanently in our minds. And oh, by the way, make sure you walk by that trophy case at the entrance to Polk Dement Stadium. If that doesn't make you feel better, no matter what the final score is or the scores from other games around the conference, then I can't help you because it sure makes me feel better. And we love to feel better here in the doghouse. And hopefully, uh, when we do our Monday morning recap, we'll be feeling better about the state of Bulldog baseball. Otherwise, we won't, but we'll still talk about it anyway. So tune back in on Monday morning for our review of how the weekend went, where the season finishes up, and what's the future for Bulldog baseball. Here in the doghouse with your host, David Murray, on the Believe Network.